Hello and welcome to the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. And whether you're ready or not, it is Red River Week. And in these uncertain times, it helps to have good friends around you. And they're two, they're not two better friends in the world than my co-host Jameson Maxwell and Ty Lee. Guys, welcome onto the pod. Uh, truly one of my favorite pods of the year. Uh, wish, you know, obviously the game was a little bit better, but it's always fun talking to you, Texas. Always fun talking about the fair. And um, this, this, this season, I feel like is about, and this specific game, um, I don't know. It's as intriguing as it's ever been. This is the first time Texas is a favorite entering this game uh, since we've been potting. So, uh, definitely a lot to break down. But uh, Jameson, what are your? Uh, let's get get a bit of a vibe check going. How are you feeling? I feel very, very eerie. I feel very unsure about this whole week. I kind of described it to somebody else. I don't know if it was in one of our group texts, um, but. They're like, oh, it's kind of a bad year to go to OU Texas. And I'm like, yeah, because it's going to be one of those um, years that all the fans are going to be walking around way too quiet. The Texas fans aren't confident enough to trash talk. OU fans sure aren't confident enough to trash talk. There's no confident fan base, even though Texas is such a big favorite, that I'm curious to see, you know, that before that before 11 o'clock hour, how tense the situation is going to be in the Cotton Bowl. I think it's going to be pretty tense and i think texas fans are going to be a little bit cockier than you think but we'll see ty how are you feeling going into this game i think jameson's uh partially right i think texas fans are going to be coming in uh for i'm sure some of them would debate this but i think texas fans are going to be coming in for the first time in a long time as as the clear favorites and really thinking that they have it in the bag i know they've believed it sometimes in in the sort of recent past but nationally no one believed that so i think really this is is the first year in a while that texas is truly coming in as as the big favorites and it's it's truly been a long time for that i think in terms of being an objective fan of the sport or of texas uh so i Mm -hmm. i would expect there to be a lot of confidence in the texas side but it is both teams are super sloppy both teams of having down years you know one of texas's losses is to Alabama by a razor thin margin. So certainly that is a little bit better than getting embarrassed by TCU. But I think it's a, it's a sloppy game. Both teams are down and it is one of those rivalry games. Uh, it's a mid season bowl. It's one of those rivalry games where anything can happen and the atmosphere in person and, and just even on TV is really, I think second to none, especially when you consider where it falls in the schedule. So yeah, I, I think it's it's still a time to to be excited, regardless of of what's going on. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, and usually Oklahoma is on the end of that. You know, uh, I, I guess being spoiled or having to deal with a, a lesser team usually come in and come in hot, and uh, you know, really make it difficult for a team that a lot of people think are going to you know are going to win, going to win big. Um, but the ter- the uh, the tables have turned here, so. Uh, as an Oklahoma fan, uh, this is as bad as I felt going into an OU Texas since I think like 2005 uh, when we had Rhett Bomar. At least then we had Adrian Peterson. Um, in this case, it just it, it, it's I don't know. I I know anything can happen and I keep trying to tell me or tell myself that. But I think there's I just know I just know it in my gut that this feels like a Texas team. You know, we've won four straight against them. They've been just putrid the past 10 years against the Sooners. I feel like they're going to take out a lot of energy on us, a lot of anger on us. And I just, I can't shake that feeling. So I'm, I'm down bad. I think we all are, but you know, that's just kind of how it is. Yeah. I but I'll say this. Uh, I mean, I think that, you know, now that we're the underdog, which is very unfamiliar territory. Uh, I think I heard something today, like seven out of the past 10 underdogs have covered the spread. Uh, and I know a lot of those were Texas, but still, I mean, Texas has kept it close whenever they were the underdog in all these years. Now it's our turn. And I understand there's a lot of, you know, pessimism right now in terms of the betting spread of this game, because are we going to have Dylan Gabriel? Not, I'll give you all my opinion on that a little bit later in the episode, but, um, I mean, can you at least kind of find some glass half full? And now that we're the underdog, you know, things still may be pretty close either way. Yeah, I think 
I think there's some to, some to that, you know, just kind of letting loose, be like just embracing the scrappy dog role. Yeah, what I was going to say was, Bobby, you pointed out that Texas, when you look at the records, has been pretty abysmal against OU in recent times. But if you watch the games, there were very few games where OU won, you know, kicked a final whistle. There were a lot of games that were really, really close, really, really exciting. So I know it's a weird comparison to say, oh, OU's the the big underdogs this time. Maybe we'll make it close and make it a good game or maybe even win. That's a like the the most impossible comparison uh, to say, but that is the the nature of this rivalry game and the nature of this game. So I think that this is not a game where you can count anyone out regardless of of who is a, a favorite. Like Jameson just pointed out, if you're looking at even the the betting lines and I think there's a reason why this line is is so low. If we were facing this Texas team and we weren't their rivals, uh, this one's liable to be in the the double digits approaching the the 20s. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you're right. The game has been insanely close. You know, looking back, you know, the last time the last time this game was decided by more than what seven points, I believe, uh, was in 2013 with a Case McCoy and, uh, and and crew came in and beat OU, and then the year before, OU blew out Texas. So it's it's been a decade of really really good, uh, you know, rivalry games. So you know that's on our side, which is nice. But at the same time, I don't know historically. It, it, it's hard for me to, I don't know. I, I know that history, that history is there, but at the same time, looking at all the facts and all my, you know, my head's doing too much stuff right now. Um, but I don't know. Jameson, um, let's, let's, let's go ahead and break this down a little bit. So um, obviously if both teams were healthy, this would probably be a Texas lean, but given OU's injury issues and Texas's, what appears to be pretty relative health. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if this, this one's a fair fight and, you know, looking at Texas, what are some of the major factors on their end that uh, really kind of, kind of make you afraid of this? Yeah, everyone, I want to, I want to have a little bit of a segment talking about this is yours going to be the quarterback this weekend. Yeah, of course. I strongly do not think he is going to be the quarterback in terms of an injury recovery timeline. Those SC sprains are pretty typical of being six weight, six week minimum. Um, six to eight weeks is kind of the timeline for those things. He's at the four week mark. Now he could return early, but I think I agree with Brent Venables. If he were to return early, I'm not feeling any more nervous about us versus yours. I understand he's more talented than Card, but that is an early return. He's not going to be um, comfortable. Um, throwing that football if he comes back this game. So if he does end up playing, know that you should feel just the same or even better as an OU fan if you see yours. Uh, but, I mean, just in typical of just the Texas offense, I mean, how worried are y'all for the two-headed monster of Bijan Robinson and Zayvon Worthy? Like, we are prone to the big play we saw these past couple games, um, something that we did not see at the beginning of the season. And those are two guys that can break it off and really open up a game. Yeah, Ty, what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I really think the run is is the key to the game. And this sort of bleeds into the OU side as well. But I think, you know, both sides banged up quarterbacks. I think regardless, Texas's quarterback situation is much better off than ours. I think we've seen, but I, I really think that this is going to be a game that regardless of big, there will be big pass plays. There will be crucial pass plays probably on both sides. Uh, well, there definitely will be good and bad, but I think the run game is what is really going to decide this game because like we've talked about, that's your time of possession. That's your grinding defenses down. And that's your, you know, if you're seeing the run, then that means your line is, is also beating out the, the other line or, or the team that's able to run. So I really think, Texas is probably feeling very, very good looking at this OU defense situation that we're seeing right now and how poorly we performed against uh, Deuce Vaughn, who no disrespect to Deuce Vaughn, but he is not at the level of Texas's running attack. And, and that is certainly a worrisome thing uh, for me, because that means if whoever can control the run is going to be able to control uh, the game straight up, they're going to be able to control the time of possession and, and all of those really crucial things that matter in a rivalry game like this, where like people are mentioning in the comments, you really throw out the record book. Uh, so I'm, I'm very concerned more than anything else. I'm concerned about Texas's uh, run game, their ground game. 
Yeah. And I mean, games like this are defined by the big play. They're defined by those game breaking back, just, you know, crushing plays that completely throw this game into whack. Um, and part of that's because of the unique structure of it where, you know, you have one side and the other. It, it, I think it feels visceral whenever you see, at least for me, my heart just drops into my stomach whenever Texas has a big play. They, they, I feel like, I feel like they've had those that completely change the game. Like going back to Jordan Shipley having big kick returns, and you know, those just, it, it, there's nothing worse than having that happen midway through that dead eerie silence on the OU side of things, and no player players rather um are more lethal i think looking at the overall big 12 slate um than Bijan robinson and xavier worthy we've seen it out of worthy from the get-go last year um and then Bijan robinson has also had some just monster runs both of those players have provided those against what you know frankly was a more talented defense last year um given you know benito and um you know uh Winfrey and everybody we had last uh, last time out, but like these players are just primed and primed to just make us pay, uh, especially given what given what happened last year, the absolute collapse. It, it, it's it's got to be it, it's horrifying <laughs> because those I, are I am I'm petrified yeah. of Xavier Worthy this year, Bobby. I really am. Like you said, what he did to us last year, obviously, is very prominent on my mind. But this dude is cooking people whenever they're planning against him. And what TCU did to us, you know, in terms of how many guys got open in the secondary and with Key Lawrence seeming not to be 100% the way that they're playing him and Justin Broyles' faults and Woody Washington and Jaden Davis getting subbed out early in that TCU game, I am very, very, you know, nervous about him as a player. We all know how good Bijan Robinson is. Obviously, he's going to get his every single game. Xavier Worthy, like you said, that is a dude that can take the top off the defense and completely change this game to where you're going to be hearing the Texas um, fans a lot louder than OU fans um, if he gets going. Yeah. No, I, I mean, absolutely. It's um, He's a momentum type of guy. It's a momentum type of offense, I feel like. And, you know, I, I think regardless of who's that quarterback and, you know, I it, and Brent, Brent kind of got a little bit of like heat for this on Twitter for what he said about, you know, card or yours it doesn't really change what they do they in that sense meaning texas's offense um you know i i think he has a really good point i think you still scheme against Te texas the exact same uh no matter who's at quarterback because the real threats and the real concerns are robinson and worthy by far but. yeah absolutely i i agree and and to to jump into that Brent Venable's take for those that didn't see, he, he gave a press conference saying, you know, it didn't really matter who, who started for Texas. Uh, we'd be game planning the same, like Bobby said. And, and again, a lot of people jumped on him, but I, I agree. I think that their quarterbacks obviously are not identical, but when I'm looking at that Texas team and that Texas backfield uh, and I'm picking out who is the one star, who is the one big threat in that backfield on every play, I think it's the backs regardless of whether it's, you know, uh, the main guy or, or someone else. I don't know that the, the quarterbacks obviously are are very dangerous and and uh, can't be missed. I think they're going to cut us up by the air too, most likely, regardless of the outcome of the guy. I think <laughs> best case scenario. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. no, but if OU, if well, I mean, if we let TCU do everything to us, but I, I think OU's chance in this game really is that something finally starts to click on this offense. That is really the the crucial thing, whether it be, you know, just adjustments or play calling. I think there are a lot of things that we can do for, for the defense and for changing up uh, our, our defensive performance and improving it. But I really don't think that there's a, a big difference, like Brent Venable said, in how we're going to scheme against this Texas team, because we're really not at a point. And I think this is maybe digging deeper in between the lines. This, this can be debated, but we're at a point defensively where we're not like, hey, this is our defense, we're solid, let's start scheming for people. We're at a point where there's a million fires to be put out, and I think we're just trying to put out fires and get back to a fundamental football. And then from there, maybe we can start to think about how are we going to start to tweak things uh, to face specific players, not just specific opponents. Because right now, 
a lot of what we're trying to do on defense isn't working, period. So maybe we need to figure out how to get guys to pick up on their coverage and not just stand there covering no one in a in a, a man coverage situation or something like that before we start getting too fancy with it. Because obviously, whatever we're trying to do right now is already too much. So keep yeah. it simple, stupid, is, is what I read from that quote. It's just about making your reads, being in the right places, you know, making sure you improve the run gap coverage. It's it's all easier said than done by far. Um, It's an offense that they, you know, for, you know, the past couple years, they've been preached, you know, go fast. Don't don't think too hard. Don't make too many reads. Just, you know, speed. And now they're. You know, kind of making too many reads, which is okay. It's it's the better defense. It's it's what they need to do. But going from a system where, you know, it's it's you know so attack based, so just front forward. You don't need to break down what's going on to this. It's it's um it's tricky, but it's just about you know making sure you know don't bite on you know obvious. <laughs> Obvious, you know, decoy plays, obvious, obvious curls, you know, make the right reads and uh, make the right plays in the moment, Um, Mm -hmm. which can be which can be tricky in an atmosphere like that. Yeah, a lot of these players on the defensive end are still got some mental hurdles to get through from what Grinch put them through. That's obvious. But I think what Ty said that kind of really hits home with this game is we can kind of dissect our defense, talk about the three levels, how we can try to stop Bijan Robinson, see how we can stop Xavier Worthy but they're going to get big plays. It's a rivalry game. It's going to happen. The way we win this game on Saturday is going to be through our offense. And there's no doubt in my mind about that. We could have a really good defensive game, but if we're not connecting in terms of the quarterback position, Dylan Gabriel or the backups or whoever plays there, we're not going to win this football game at all. Uh, Texas's football team is not the most stout defense as we thought it was probably after that Alabama game. I feel like they got a lot of clout after that holding Alabama to 20 and they did a really good scheme, but they gave up 20 to UTSA the next week and then lost by giving up 37 to a Texas tech team. Just gave 20 points up to a West Virginia team. This is not the unstoppable defense that some of these announcers and national guys were saying with some, you know, blinders on the Texas defense. There are holes there. We can take advantage of it, but obviously who's going to be our quarterback and who's going to be the leader to take us there. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's the million dollar question right there. And it's one that, you know, we really don't know until, you know, I, I suppose, fr- well, frankly, Saturday. Um, that's just, I, I, you put up a excellent, excellent thread on uh, Twitter about it. You know, just kind of the whole process um, uh, of return to play. And it seems to me, my biggest takeaway is at any moment, the second you get sy- symptoms back, you, you kind of, you know, that's a setback. So I, I think to me, if anyone's hoping Dylan Gabriel is going to be available, I think it's definitely a stretch, but also I'm not in that building. I'm not a doctor or have any sort of medical, you know, knowledge. So, um, I mean, I took biology for non-majors and learned about. He grew a plant in his dorm or something. I blew. I, I grew. I grew a plant and it it, it died <laughs> after like week three. I think I had to reset. Uh, I learned about iguanas. They brought iguanas to the class one day. It was great. Uh, <laughs> you took biology. <laughs> I had to do. My, hey man, I I I got the, I got the degree. That's what matters. But at the end yeah. of the day, you know, it happens. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, ultimately, what I'm trying to say is we don't know. Uh, so I mm-hmm. think mentally, just prepare for Dylan Gabriel not to be there. I, I will say this, though, for the people that aren't um, understanding what we're referring to on the Skinner Pod Twitter account, I went ahead and made a little tiny mini thread um, in reaction to a video that someone took from, I guess, you know, uh, the journalism college of the football team and no, how Dylan no. Gabriel. No, was it? no, it was not. It was not. It was not. It was not. It was not from the journalism college. And there were so many self-proclaimed alleged so, journalists. People yeah, named give us, Greg, give us the inside. People saying, oh, this is from the OU journalism college. I First off, I doubt that any of these people even went to OU if they don't understand where that video was taken from. That, I guess uh, not even if they didn't, that was they the were. Angle. No, it's from the, it's from the stairs. Turn? It's from the stairs on the parking garage. No, oh, it's really? from the parking garage stairs. Yeah. Yeah. There's those huh. stairs that sort of jut out 
into the new parking garage that they made by the gym. No, the, the parking house. garage that's been in, under oh, the stadium for okay. forever. Gotcha. It's okay. the stairs. I'm really struggling, yeah. guys. But if you're a journalist, like one, if you went to OU, you should know that. Jameson didn't, so he doesn't know. Uh, <laughs> well, <and> then, <laughs> okay. It's not like OU is taking so much of my money right now. <laughs> Jameson goes to some sort of uh, like distance learning commuter campus in the city. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, but no, it was not. It was from the parking garage. I was just gonna say, if if they were now, real journalists, thank you for correcting like the Schooner me. Pod, uh, they would they would fact check where these videos are taken from. We but, need uh, boots on the well, ground. It's not your to fault. You, you just you just read. I'm what just, these self proclaimed the fake news media again. I, I got I got obviously manipulated, but okay. Essentially, I think we need Ty boots on the ground to go check if he's still on the sideline. So how I interpreted this video, someone took a video in the parking garage of Dylan Gabriel kind of throwing without pads on doing light work with a trainer on the side. And what that tells me, if this concussion protocol that he's going through is similar to all the, what the NFL does, obviously the way NCAA and certain colleges handle injuries is very hush hush. And there's no obligation to say anything about it. So that you don't really get a curtain behind it at all. That would make me assume that he is on day one of five of a return to play um, in a similar you know, structure of that of the NFL. You cannot go back and do any activities until you are symptom-free. You have a rest period before all of that. that. I'm assuming that was the weekend for him. He comes back into practice on Monday, and he's working on the sideline. That's day one. Essentially, he can move on and ramp up his activity each day from day two to three, four, and five. And if at day five, a.k.a. Friday, he still does not have any symptoms, he can return to practice and therefore be cleared for the game on Saturday. So I don't know if OU allows you know players that have concussions to stand on the sidelines and just kind of toss a football around. Um, but if, if it was me, I wouldn't think that they would be allowed on the practice field if they still had concussive symptoms. So I take that as a positive to where I'm not shutting the door on Dylan Gabriel right now to where I think that he could play on Saturday. Is it is it possible that – so there's the NFL protocol as I understand it, right? It's a, there's milestones, but there's also – it's like certain days to it, right? So there's a, like a minimum days that this can be achieved then, correct? Yeah, let, let me pull is up it, and kind of yeah, read so through it with you. While you're pulling it up, is it possible that we could – put him on a plane and fly him west across the international date line so that we, we basically like oh he reaches, because then he reaches, he reaches, he reaches a new, well, we could fly low. Right. And then across the date line, he reaches <laughs> the next day if we time it right. And then even though we fly him back for the game and technically there's no time gained on the calendar, we can say, uh, okay. There might be some sort of legal loophole there. Gal galaxy into. brain thinking. Um, yeah. We have to fly I him mean, low though. Yes. Yes. Because there, you know, whenever Tua went onto the plane right after his injury, everyone was saying like, are you kidding me? Why is he on a plane? Like people who have concussive symptoms can like the altitude can like change with like the pressure and people can have seizures and stuff like that. Um, but luckily Tua is healthy, but essentially you can start with symptom limited activity, essentially anything that you feel comfortable doing, that's not going to give you symptoms in that first day returning from rest where you have zero symptoms. The next day two, you can do aerobic exercise. Um, this is still getting under the direction of, you know, someone from the medical staff watching you do this, um, balance training, stretching some aerobic stuff. And then in phase three, day three, you can start doing football specific stuff to where you can do more kind of football-esque drills, but not like returning to practice where you're throwing the football, you're, you might, you know, replicate yourself, like kind of jogging out of a snap and a rollout kind of a thing. Day four, you can do non-contact training drills. And then day five, your full contact. And after that day five, AKA Friday, he could return to full participation and be cleared to play on Saturday. But like I said, if he goes through all of this and he feels any symptoms, he's not playing on Saturday because there's there's not a single day to give up here. He does not have any wiggle room. He has to have go through each one of those days, Monday through Friday, and be clean. Yeah, it's it's a tight window. It's a very very tight window. So, um, who do who do y'all want to really see? on Saturday at the quarterback um, because I feel like that is a huge um, discussion right now between all Sooner fans. I know that uh, Davis Bevel obviously isn't the most favorite because we've seen what he has, 
a lot of OU fans want to see something different because hoping they're just gambling people, hoping that something different means something better. What do you want to see on Saturday from the quarterback position? So I know there's a lot of love for the idea of putting, you know, the freshman Nick Evers back there. Uh, I'm not one of those people. Honestly, I think he's a talented kid. I think he's a talented player, but honestly, I just, I think making a true freshman who isn't physically there, who isn't, you know, quite at the level we need him to be going from, you know, like you said on the podcast on Sunday, not on the depth chart to starting red river. Um, that's just a leap too far for me. I don't see that, uh, going well, even though I know he, he can run, you know, that is something that could help make him a little bit more dynamic, but I just, I think that's too much for a guy like that. I, I don't think he's ready. Um, personally, I mean, if we want to go different, why not booty? Why not booty? Um, uh, as, as Michael kind of mentioned in the, in the chat, um, on YouTube, uh, if you're not uh, watching live, um, you know, I, I, I I'm kind of with him. I like that. He, you know, he, he has had that experience, you know, as a Juco, like, you know, starter, he has had that starting experience where Davis Bevel really hasn't, um, even though it's a way, way, way lower level. Why not? If, if we're trying to change it up a little bit, I think we know what we, we're getting with Davis Bevel. And I am, I, I'm just going to flat out say it. He's not going to be good enough to win this game. I don't think he is, but I mean, I could be wrong. So give me the booty. We'll see how it goes. But you know, the, the, the pickings are slim. It is uh, not looking great. So, you know, I screw it. Screw it. Let's get, let's go with booty. What are you thinking, Ty? Yeah, so I, I sort of agree with Bobby, and and uh, I dive a little bit deeper into it again on our last podcast we did on on Sunday, but I stand by my, uh, it's not working what we're doing, so we need to change it because we know that with Dylan Gabriel, healthy or not, and we know that with uh, Davis Bevel, we lose games, and they can't make the throws that they need to throw, both of them, regardless of, of health. Uh, certainly of the two, Gabriel is obviously the least bad option, but, um, you know, what's the, what's the worst that can happen? We lose. That's what's happening with the previous two. So I say put booty in. I, I understand on paper and in practice, he might not be the, uh, the best guy, but I was thinking about this earlier today is if you put OU's receivers stats on paper and looked at just their height, their 40 yard dash times, their, their verticals and things like that. Where would Drake Stoops fall on that potential list? If he never had game time yet, he's consistently one of our best dudes because he has that mindset. He has that scrappiness. And that's one of those things, you know, obviously this is a bit of a reach when we're talking about general booty, uh, but you don't know, you, you do not know how these people are going to perform at this level of college football until they're thrown into that position. He can be a whole different animal in the games than he is in practice. And like we talked about on the Sunday episode, when you're wearing a blue jersey at practice and you're a protected guy and you're sitting there, you know, chilling out, reading the iPad, uh, being spoken to respectfully most of the time by the coaches and whatnot as a quarterback, it's a completely different thing than when you're in the game and you have these massive, you know, superstar defenders that are going to go on to, to have – brilliant NFL careers and they're coming at you full force with the intention of, of hitting you as hard as they can. And, and having that highlight reel, you know, massive hit on a quarterback in a, in a red river game. And what we saw a lot from Davis Bevel last week was a guy that not only did he, was he sort of lacking in, in the skill stuff, but you could just tell he was, I don't want to say he was looking scared, but he was clearly mentally unprepared and, and very overwhelmed if you just watch what he's doing, forgetting to, to drop back sometimes when he's under pressure, just sort of turtling up or, or just sort of panicking, you could you see the close-ups on his face. He just looks overwhelmed, didn't know what was going on. Obviously, he might have a different mindset coming in, more prepared to come into a game uh, if he's coming in with a 0-0 zero, zero score and has a little bit of time to prepare. But it's not working with the previous two, so I think we should change it up. Obviously, there's an argument for, oh, you want to stick with something and see if it works, but... It's not working. Everything we've done is not working. So throw booty it, in. The worst, the, yeah. it, the worst thing that happens is Fair we enough. get good memes let, out of it. Let me, let, me zag, let me zag on you, Ty, because let me give the argument for Davis Bevel. 
Um, I understand this isn't the popular one. He's came in to the game in the third quarter and the second quarters and not look that good. But here's the thing. we One thing we know and we've talked a lot about so far this season is Jeff Levy plays a heavy scheme, micromanaged offensive game. He wants to tailor every little part of where the ball is going to which wide receiver it is. He doesn't give his quarterbacks too much choice. He has been doing that, scheming these games for Dylan Gabriel. Davis Bevel came in unexpectedly in a really bad position where we're just getting beat down. I don't think we can make a valid opinion of him at that time. I want a valid opinion of him after Jeff Levy can give Davis Bevel his new offense that will suit him, not Dylan Gabriel, and start him and see how it goes. I don't think that you know Davis Bevel should have a loose leash where no matter what happens, he plays quarterback um, quarter one through four. But I think not giving him a chance and letting you know uh, Booty go straight into the game, I think that's extremely unfair for a guy who earned the number two position in training camp. Uh, it's just it just doesn't make any sense to me why we're already counting out a guy that hasn't even started a football game for this team already. Uh, let him go out and show out. And if he does the same old thing that he's been doing in the second and third quarters as he's came in, where F. Levy, by the way, is probably saying, I'm not going to show any more of my scheme. I'm not going to give this team anything else. We're down by 30 to, t- to TCU. We're playing, we're playing Nebraska. We're up by 30. Why would I do anything to make my quarterbacks and the offense look better whenever I've got huge games in the future that I need to save up my good play calling for? So let's not judge them on those play calls just yet. Let's give them a chance on Saturday. Yeah, no, I see where you're coming from, but I think ultimately, I think ultimately what you do is you make the best, you, you try to figure out your game plan, the best way to take down Texas, analyze all the weaknesses and see, you know, what is the best, what, what, what type of plays, what type of system do we need to make to beat this team this week? And like, I think what they're doing is right. Have all three take reps and whichever one you feel like gives you that best chance of winning. You do that. I, I think we've reached the point of the season where you sort of throw out, you know, what someone has done in the preseason, what someone has earned and uh, you know, he can earn it this week. I think that's fair. Um, I, I don't think it's anything against Davis. I don't think it's anything against him, but at the same time, I feel like if he just flat out doesn't fit the scheme that they're trying to you know, plan for, then, you know, maybe, maybe don't go with him. And it's hard to know. It's really hard to know with that yeah, though. Cause we don't know. I, we I don't know. I, 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 th- I feel pretty confident that if, um, Dylan Gabriel is not our quarterback, on Saturday, it's going to be Bevel. I understand people hearing about Evers getting reps and all of that. You know what that is? <laughs> Brent Venables now, even though he doesn't have a for sure bet that his starting quarterback is going to be the quarterback, he has a little bit of leverage. He's turning a negative into a positive. He's not going to go ahead and tell Texas who his quarterback's going to be. He's going to leave it as open as possible. I think there's a 0% chance you see Nick Evers in this football game at the in the first half. There's a very, very low chance you'd see him at the end Um, but I just think that if you're going to sub in a guy into the quarterback competition, that is mobile versus general booty and Davis bevel who aren't as mobile, that will at least create a little bit of a cloudy situation as Texas begins to scheme against our our new offense. Yeah. Just throw as many smoke screens as possible. I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. So let's kind of like, I kind of want to pivot a little bit to some little bit less quarterbacky and more, um, I don't know what, what do we think? overall on the offense is the best way we can exploit some of Texas's weaknesses. And um, where do you think that the OU offense is going to have the most success? Uh, Obviously you don't want a bad quarterback, but what sort of things are you looking for, Jameson? Um, I think that Ty will agree with me and that it's the run game. I think that um, it's tough. And I think you kind of said this on the last podcast that we really want to, you know, run it down their throat. We at least need to have a couple of play action balls into where they can, you know, be honest with our quarterback. But if we don't have Dylan Gabriel, we need huge games out of Eric Gray and hopefully a healthy Marcus major coming into that. Ty, I mean, do you agree with me on that? That um, if we win this football game, I feel like the running attack has to at least have 200 yards. Yeah, well, I I think we had 200 yards on the ground against TCU actually, but uh, so obviously we need at least at least 200 yards. But I think uh, 
yeah, I mean, I've been very outspoken about it throughout the week. It's going to be the run game that is going to decide this game. I think there will be big pass plays, but I, I think if you get a situation where one team is running away with it and you get some big passes here and there, that's not really a game deciding uh, factor. I really think that, especially when you look at OU, we have to be able to establish the run and use the run to really, we we have to run well enough that Texas has to start adjusting to protect that. And that's what's going to enable us uh, to hopefully get some passes that are solid with our less than optimal quarterback situation. I think that's, if we don't, and, and really, I think that's that's the key really for OU and for our offense is if we don't run at least, we don't have to win the game just by running, but if we don't run at least good enough to make them adjust what they're doing to our run game, we're going to lose. And, it, you know, I think that's pretty realistic game planning expectation. And that doesn't put too much on, on our running backs. But if we have to, if we end up in a situation where Texas can just continue to do what they've planned to do the entire time, and they can continue to just kind of cover the run and, and stop us and just continue to expose our, our quarterback situation, then we're screwed. Because like we've talked about, we have the, the receiver talent to make these plays happen. Uh, it's really just going to be a, a matter of, of what our quarterbacks can do. So I, I am not saying that the pass play is the key, but I think the pass play is obviously an important part, and uh, the run play is the key in its ability to enable the pass, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I agree. And, you know, um, I, I think kind of like last year, you know, the long ball helps. You know, Mims obviously was a major, major factor in that win last year. Uh, and finding ways to get him open and you know get the ball to get get the ball to him would be huge. But it it all comes to the running game. Um, I don't think any of those three quarterbacks are the type that can just kind of sling the ball around. And NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just five dollars on any NFL team to win and get two hundred dollars in free bets if they do. Look, check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. So, what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code TPPN only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. I don't know. I think that's all we sort of got for the football game. Uh, Jameson, yearly tradition. We Sorry, I, I was trying to bring up the share screen of our of our food. I mean, it just threw itself up into the stream. But yeah, that's what we're going to do. Please introduce hey, it. It's all good. You get excited. I'm excited too. Let's break down some of our favorite foods our favorite things we're looking forward to the fair. Cause here's the thing you can't control if Dylan Gabriel is going to be healthy. You can't control how things are going to go on the field, but you can control your fair experience. Damn it. So we're going to break down some of our favorite foods across the board. And, um, you know, Ty, I, I know you have a couple, so I'll let, I'll let you kick this one off. What, what are you looking at in terms of some of the new creations? Cause of course you got to get the corny dog. But we're talking about some weird stuff. What what, what, do you, what have you liked? Uh, what have you liked so far? What Jameson has us on right here on his screen share for those watching uh, or those watching back on, on the video format. We do appreciate that. Uh, but we're looking at the Big Text Choice Awards, uh, which is different from the new food. When it comes to the Big Text Choice Awards, really not a lot of stuff jumped out to me, if I'm being honest. One of the things that jumped out was uh, deep fried lasagna rolls. Uh, but then I realized that they're just square cheese sticks, and that sounds absolutely disgusting. Uh, but as I continued to look, weirdly enough, it was a drink that jumped out to me, and it is the, uh, I guess it's probably Spanish, so I'm not sure how you would, the uh, La Blue Bonnet, uh, I guess. Uh, it's described as decadent, uh, which is very interesting to me because I I would love to taste it because I really want to see how there can be a, a drink so good that it causes the moral decay of a society. So that's that certainly interests me because that would that would be a, a, a really good drink. 
if it can I, cause your society I really, to decay. I, mean, I love how you pronounce that the La Blue Bonnet. Like it's some kind of like fancy thing. This is the Texas State Fair. This Texas State Fair, that's the live blue bonnet. Like we're going (laughs) to eat some. We're going to go out to the fields and see some of those blue bonnets across the highway. (laughs) Can we also talk about how it has a drink pairing, despite the fact that it is in in itself a drink? I mean, that's on brand. I have no problems with that. That's a beer pairing. That's the fair. That's the the fair for you. Everything, everything, Everything on any menu ever should have a beer pairing. If get you a me. get you a live blue bonnet and then pair it with a love street light. There you go. Yeah. Imagine imagine going no to ads. like a really nice restaurant. They hand you the wine menu and they're like, oh yes, sir. This uh, Chardonnay pairs uh, excellently <laughs> with the Pepsi Blue Ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> Pepsi Blue Ribbon. See, That's I'm great. looking at this this ultimate brookie monster as my kind of sweet thing that I'm going to be going for after the game. Obviously, the corn dog is what you go for before the game as your breakfast with your with your nice beer. But I always try to find something you know fried and you know really sweet after the game. The ultimate brookie monster has a uh, starts with a chewy, crispy chocolate chip cookie layered with Oreos and marshmallows. And then it has a triple chocolate brownie batter baked together into a, a super brookie that they deep fry and put ice cream on top with powdered sugar. Like, wow. I am a huge, like, brookie stan. Um, okay. I think that up. can be crazy. What the hell is a brookie? What the hell is it's a brookie? It's a brownie cookie. A brownie cookie. Oh. A brookie. That's like a liger. Okay. Like, what? What? <laughs> Excuse I'm not a sweetie. It's like a library. What do you mean it's like a library? Yeah, I think you would just say a, a liger. liger. A liger, oh, like Perry a Napoleon Dynamite. It's like a <laughs> you know, whenever he's drawing on the uh, steps outside of school, uh, yeah, like, or like you know, all of uh, you know, uh, oh shoot, Joe Exotic's ligers he had. That's a little more sad. That might be a little bit, yeah, more relatable. Other than me always referring to like Borat noted, or Napoleon, noted Texas, fan, noted Texas fan Joe yeah, Exotic. By the way, we had to mention convicted felon. Texas fan. I know those are that's an oxymoron, not an oxymoron. That's a <laughs> needlessly redundant convicted felon Texas fan, Joe Exotic. But oh man, I will so, say so. One one thing that jumped out to me is not it was not a big text choice award, surprisingly. But when I look at the the Texas State Fair menu, before I let you guys dive back into specific things, uh, I want to see something that screams Texas and State Fair to me and this i know this sounds dumb but i promise this is going to make sense so when i look at it i see a lot of like cajun dishes i understand there's some sort of east texas you know weird cajun stuff going on i guess somewhere but uh that stuff doesn't jump out to me as texas a lot of this stuff doesn't jump out to me you know like this sweet peanut butter paradise cookie that nothing about that screams texas or state fair to me that just looks like something you get at a a cookie shop anywhere. It looks like something you get at Disney World. Like Hertz uh, and A lot of this, yeah, a lot of this stuff doesn't jump out to me as Texas stuff. So I really started to look at this menu and I said, what is just stereotypically Texas and what is very state fair? Because there was some very stereotypically Texas stuff that just didn't jump out as, as state fair. There's a, a ton of really good Tex-Mex on the menus. But when I looked at the new food, one thing just super jumped out to me and I said, this is this screams Texas State Fair food, and it is Texas deep fried honey. And I think, regardless of how you feel I about did see that, that. You know, some, some people are positive on honey, some people aren't. I personally am a pretty big honey fan. I've never eaten it, you know, just on its own like Winnie the Pooh does. Uh, but uh, I I think it's good on stuff. It's a, it's a natural, really good sweetener, really healthy for you in a, in a lot of ways as far as sweeteners come. And it's deep fried. If if you told me. I got some deep fried honey squares. I would immediately think, oh, that's got to be from the Texas State Fair. And that was really the only food item that I saw that was just so stereotypically Texas uh, State Fair. So I had to mention <laughs> that one. Yeah. Look at, and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily even look that. It looks good. It doesn't look like amazing. Like, oh, you have to go get this. But it's just, it's so Texas State Fair to me. It's just perfectly, it fits. Okay. It's, and it's, it's saving it the bees. Fits. It's also saving the bees who are dying. Look at the little rate. derpy, the little derpy bee with the the eyes and the little smile. Like, of course, you got to go save the well, bees. And Whitman brought up a good point in the chat. Uh, it's sold by Jack's Fries. So if you know, I, I don't know if that name immediately jumps off. You know, your you know, 
right off your head for you at all. But um, Jack's Fries is that massive stand right outside the Cotton Bowl Plaza that is like always the place to go in right after the game. If you just want like quick food, short lines. I feel like the lines are always really small there. So, you know, you don't have to wait forever to get, you know, your uh, taste of the fried honey. So. Yeah. And one last thing on it. It said that the the place that produces it has saved Well, it said we've saved. Uh, what does it say? It says, uh, well, I know that it says um, rescue bee ranch. One million bees saved and counting. What are they counting? That's what I want to know. What what are these bees counting? I understand that. What do you need a million bees to count? I, I would like to know what they're up to on that ranch. <laughs> they're, they're trying to weaponize the bees, you know, to form their you own. You telling me a bee BRD. counted this this food? <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say, but okay. Well, okay. So I'm gonna take a look. I, I've taken a look at um, you know mine, and I know it's it's kind of lame to pick the winner of a base uh, of a a best taste or a most creative. I really like the um, fried charcuterie board. It looks really interesting to me. It seems like a really good walkable food. It seems like um, yes, I you know, agree. pretty tasty. I would, I would absolutely do that. I would absolutely. It do sounds that. like some meats and cheese and some apple. Have you ever had like you know like a a Fuji apple on like a turkey and brie sandwich? Like oh that my God. slaps. And I love that meal. It sounds like that, just but but a little bit fried. Oh yeah, no, that sounds unreal. That sounds awesome. I feel like that would be really delicious. Like a nice, and it's not too filling. You can still do. It's a, okay, so it's chopped up fresh uh, mozzarella, salami, and crisp green apple, tossed in olive oil, balsamic vinegar, and Italian herbs. They're then wrapped in a wonton wrapper and fried to a golden crisp, topped with the cre- with some creamy goat cheese and a drizzle of hot honey. That sounds awesome. That's just like Boom. a lot of things yep, put together. That's it. Love a good, love a good wonton, you know, delicious stuff, which is essentially just a, you know, a fancy wonton, but you know, hey, that's delicious. I think we yeah. have to talk about, you know, also with the state fair is where's the places to hang out. And we kind of had our segment last year of the correct way to do the early morning Texas state fair. And since we are blessed again with an 11 AM game as is, it should be, um, you walk in, you get your Fletcher's corny dog. Um, but Bobby, tell us about this nice little promo that Fletcher's is doing this year um making it more even of an incentive to, for me to go get a corny dog and maybe a second yeah so when you get your when you okay when you get your corny dog it's not an if you got to go ahead and get it i know you know that we know that at the schooner pod longtime listeners know that it is an absolute must uh it is so important but this year it's the 80th anniversary of fletcher's and you gotta be you gotta check your stick when you're done with your corny dog check that stick <laughs> and see to make sure if it says i believe it says 80 years if, it, if your stick says 80 years you can turn that stick in which is kind of gross when i think about that some poor employee has to take a eaten corn dog stick back uh but that's okay that's fine you get a um you you can get you can get yourself some swag you could get a t-shirt some gift swag, packets swag, swag. Stuff a little hat in yeah there you go. This is a mother memorabilia. You could get like a little, you know, some good, good, uh, Mr. Corny stuff. So that I is mean, also, epic. also you get a, you can get a, uh, coupon for four Fletcher's corny dogs as well, which, you know, honestly, I'd rather the, have the shirt that just says, uh, stay corny on it. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, as can I proud- just straight up take that coupon and buy four more and see if I can get another, <laughs> <laughs> just, just try to Photoshop it. Like, cause they, I mean, you could, but, do you really want to defraud the fine people at Fletcher's Corny Dog? I'm and sorry, Jameson. Are you are you, on it. are you finding a way to hedge corn dog bets? <laughs> I know. I'm just saying that if I win that coupon for four more corn dogs, I'm just turning it right back in, and we're just gonna play it some more. We're letting it ride, baby. You gotta keep them dogs. You are, you're, you're uncut jimming Fletcher's that corn is, dogs. That is not. That is not a hedge. <laughs> that is legitimately the opposite of you a hedge. Make, I'm putting all my chips. Four X. You make four X your initial investment, and you're like, "Oh, I could, I could stop here, but I gotta throw it all in. One, just one more bet, one more bet, one more." But with corn dogs, 
And can we agree that the best Fletcher stand to go to, even if it is a little bit longer, is the one right next to Tex? It's just it just feels so right sick. to get that yeah. you know that corny dog right next to Big Tex as he yells at you, telling you to wash your hands and everything. I, that's something I look forward to. I am legitimately giddy like a little like school kid whenever I see Big Tex and his big old smirk. It just may it provides me so much joy because he just looks so goofy in his pancake butt and his like <laughs> weird accent. It it makes the little Jurassic Park theme in my head goes off every time I see him. It, it, you, you never forget. Well, every year just makes it just makes you light up. And, you know, maybe that's nostalgia. Maybe that's because I'm still drunk, but it makes me happy every single time. Every OU text this morning. It's just the absolute best. So reminder, check your stick <laughs> to make sure it has the 80 years on it. Uh, don't throw it away. Definitely take a look just in case because uh, we want to make sure you get your swag. But um, yeah, in terms of places to hang out, though, what, what, what's your what's your standard uh, walkabout situation for you, Texas, Jameson? I'm pulling it up right now, but Ty, I want to hear you. What do you usually yeah, do, Ty? Ty? What do you I'll, do? I'll, 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 I'll show you I'm on in, a little bit. I'm a I've, I've been bad with the leaping today. Entering. So my ideal, this is, might be a cold take. Maybe some of our... Our listeners will agree with this. I know you guys won't. So my ideal OU Texas is you come in at I believe gate three off of uh off the dart. The dart is inexperience. It needs to it's what you should do regardless of where you're staying. Find a way to travel out and then smuggle beers on the dart and have some morning dart beers uh with the the assortment of people riding the dart to the game is one of my my favorite cherished traditions of OU Texas. They come in at, I think it's like gate three, uh, walk down the, whatever it's called, where all the old sort of art decoy buildings. And then you go right to Fletcher's, uh, in front of big text. Like you guys said, that, that little area, that is the state fair pregame. That's where everyone's taking their pictures. That's where all the students are. That's where everyone's, you know, congregating, meeting up. I, I understand there's a whole other fair going on, but that little, that Fletcher's line, it's not a little line, but that little Fletcher's line and that little spot uh, in front of Big Tex where everyone is, uh, that's where it's popping. And, and that's, the I think, the only place to be pregame. You get your Fletcher's uh, corny dogs, uh, maybe get some some beers. And then shortly after, I start to, to sort of congregate over to the game. I don't like to do a whole lot pregame. Uh, my, a lot of my pregame experience again, is that, that, uh, dart ride that I'm fond of. I know you guys aren't, uh, go to the game. And then immediately after the game, uh, leave as fast as possible because it's a terrible time, terrible experience objectively. So. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, well, my situation, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the dart. It's all right. It's a quick in and out for me. I don't, I know usually you're taking, it's not about speed and ease of transport it's about meeting random people being like hey you guys want a dart beer pulling a beer out of your boot or whatever else because you have tin on your person somehow even though you're only wearing shorts and a jersey and then uh you have a fun time for the record we're not advocating for uh you know illegal alcohol consumption on trains but um also it, it's a terrible terrible driving thing. the train oh no but, but still it's a it's a horrible thing definitely don't do it T- ty what what places should we be aware of to not put things put beers in our location where 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 are they putting those beers where are these hooligans putting the beers i'm just saying okay. uh, in their in their mouths to drink them Okay, I meant no, like hiding them, but it's attorney. Let's let's cut off Bobby Ernie. now. Let me talk about okay, let me no. talk about my spot because sure. I don't know where stick. Bobby's gonna go with this. I don't know where Bobby's talking about his eighty year old stick and and putting his beers. But uh, this is where I go: the State Fair Beer Barn. And yes, I am on their Facebook page because they are home of the six ticket beer. They are very very proud of themselves and how they have the cheapest beer um, throughout the State Fair. And they also, I believe have a four ticket beer option where it's their cheap beer of the year in the past we've seen it be pbr and you're just down in pbrs because you can save a couple dollars on it because as soon as i walk into the texas state fair yeah i'm gonna penny pinch a little bit um i mean i do that all the time but still i heard i heard bobby i think you saw on twitter keystone light this year is the cheap beer maybe i've heard keystone light floating around i didn't even know it was like on draft uh but 
you know, I, I, I guess that's a thing. I feel like I had a conversation with somebody about that recently about Keystone being on draft. Uh, but um, no, it's uh it's an interesting idea for sure. But at the, at the same time, it's really good. Um, I'll also say like the other beer options are also cheaper. Like, so if you just want like a Shiner box, something like that, it's still cheap there as well. And then they also have the just absolutely heavenly uh, frozen ranch waters as well. Um, so I, I kind of hate putting it out there, you know, cause I like, I like keeping, keeping it a small circle and everything, but at the same time, you know, the loyal listeners of the scooter pod, they deserve nothing less than, you know, the best facts, the best truth of what to get at the fair. And uh, that's the beer barn. It is truly heavenly, truly the best place to go. Um, so definitely, definitely and hit that up. People like to go to the beer gardens because it's kind of a more socially spread out area. And the beer barn is more so a line and you're just kind of in that vicinity. But the beer barn is located right. I believe it's the south side, Bobby. Correct me if I'm wrong. South it's side? right in front of the giant cotton bull marquee. Yeah, you it's know, right by the stadium too. So you can take this as much as you want to the buzzer drinking there as you want. You can watch the line form into that entrance to the Cotton Bowl and kind of pace yourself. We were to say like, hey, that line's kind of getting long. We probably should go in earlier than we need to. This is where I think is my going to be my spot. Um, and it just makes the most sense logistically. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely the best. Like, because here's the thing about OU Texas. you you I like going early so you can get the walk around and the experience. But once you hit a certain point, it's game time. It's go, it's go time. So you have to get your beers in you while you can before you tra- transition to cash. And by the way, Cotton Bowl, actually not cash. The Cotton Bowl is a cashless facility this year, which is genuinely hilarious for a venue surrounded by um, a state fair that <laughs> uses coupons. Coupons, by the way, uh, that are not worth $1. So really should just be dollars. Go um, find your old coupons. Yeah, old coupons. Make sure make sure to bring those back. Those roll over. So do not throw away your coupons. Too many people have given me coupons. Just random people just on their way out be like, hey, I don't need these. And I'm like, okay, fine. I need them for next year. So don't do that. Don't give away your coupons. Make sure they roll over. Um, buy ahead. Buy your coupons ahead, folks. That's the easiest thing. The line's always easier for the online order pickup. That's good stuff. So can do that at bigtex.com and then um yeah no just i think pre-gaming at beer barn is the move and then from there you know beer gardens you want if you want to check them out after go for it but um definitely uh you you gotta be gotta be surgical you gotta be you gotta be hardcore with it you gotta know what you're doing um definitely recommend getting in early i know it's a struggle i know it's tough but there's nothing like seeing the sunrise uh with a, a giant cowboy waving at you so um, you know, I went and found but, my seven coupons that I kept from last year. Um, I was very, very lucky. I know last year I saved my coupons from two years ago and last year it turned into pretty much the double draft coupons where they changed them from two coupons to a dollar to one coupon to a dollar rolled over baby. So I was prop. What an investment that was. I wish I would have just stacked coupons. I'd have been set for life. Talk about, you know, Hedging my bets, uh, uncut gym style. You're talking about Ty. I wish I would have just absolutely loaded up on coupons for life. That is how you win, you know, just <laughs> stacking coupons. You, you got a question, Ty, about your cowboy hat? Uh, I I just made it. It's just a random. Uh, thank you for asking, uh, and and thanks for tuning in as a Bama fan. Uh, it's just a random cowboy hat. I don't know. Um what manufacturer it is it doesn't actually fit uh, and then i have <laughs> I've, uh, taped this not taped uh like glued and, and taped sort of this uh piece onto the front which is a uh a representation of ou's second football team during uh world war ii that played at uh, the naval air station or the former naval air station that's not part of ou's campus here on uh in ou and in, in norman so yeah that's, that's the story of the cowboy hat that's a story we've been trying to figure out how to tell, you know, kind of, kind of the right way, but that, that I think could be a really good little YouTube documentary thing because the, the zoomers are really cool. And, you know, Ty, Ty, you brought that up uh, a couple, like about a year ago and it's, it's awesome. So um, cowboy hats, uh, that that's your signature look. So I, I absolutely love it in the past. It's had like a little, you know, sticky tape 
with uh, just gold on it. It's had endless amount of things, but uh, the Zoomers logo is the coolest by far. So anyways. All right, guys, I think that's pretty much it for the fair, for the game, all of it. So uh, any final thoughts? Just shake your head yes or no. And uh, <laughs> there you go, Jameson. The horn's down, double horn's down. Horn's down all the way because look, I know it's tough. I know it's hard, but look, we're going to we're going to go into this game knowing we're probably not going to win it. But at the same time, just keep the faith, yell your heart out. Just it's going to be fine. And if it doesn't go fine, there's a there's a fair full of corn dogs and beer and uh, city of Dallas to welcome you. Or if you're at home, there's you know whatever is at home. So there you go. Um, but anyways, we'll get through it. We've gotten through a lot as a fan base in the past, and. Uh, you know, just keep on pushing. It's just one Red River game. And yeah. So anyways, that's all we got for this week. We will see you later this week when we pick this game and many others on the weekend spread. So make sure to stay tuned for that one. Thank you all so much for listening. And thank you to our uh, sponsors at TPPN uh, and DraftKings. Appreciate all of that for what you'll do. And um, yeah, anyways, that's been the Schooner Pod. We'll see ya. Good luck out there. Boomer sooner.